the internet, and welcome to season 173, episode 4 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Uh, It's Thursday, February 25th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Yama Survivor, Yama Gambana. I don't have the rest of the words in front of me. I didn't have he that. He not AKA. gonna stop what he gonna AKA harder. Yamaguchi yeah, yeah. survivor. He gonna make it. He will survive. Keep on surviving. And that's just a, I think a duo AKA to, from yeah. official dickhead because Christy Yamaguchi main. Uh, we found out uh, was has COVID uh, and is is resting up now. But, you know, prayers up for you, sir. Uh, we hope yes. you are doing well. And everybody, with any family members, sending all the good vibrations to anybody who needs some healing right now. But, yeah, uh, special shout-out to you. And as the official, like, number one AKA writer, uh, I just want to say, sorry for butchering your AKA, man. Well, well that was I, actually I from official should. dickhead. Right, on, but, like, you know the one I mean? yeah. honoring him. Yeah, We, we haven't true. had uh, but should have tried harder. Yeah, that's, that's right. about right. That's about right. Uh, what else can you expect? Um, so no, that, that voice you're hearing, who who chimed in, is of <laughs> course uh, the co-host with the mo-host, uh, Mr. Miles Gray! Yes, and I already did the AK, but I did change yes. my display name on Twitter to Hideo Noho, okay? Because <laughs> you already know. And it is a special uh, family episode of uh, Daily Zeitgeist because we are joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, the brilliant Anna Hosnier! Hey, I push pause like, wait. I push pause like, wait. Remember hey. that song? Ice Cube? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one? Remember that uh, one? Ever since yeah. talking to Garrison yesterday and being like, "No, nah, I, I never heard of that song." I'm gonna, I think, always gonna be like, "You, you, you know that song, right?" Right. Tell Regulators in particular, I've been surprised how how few mm-hmm. young young people have heard that one. Um, this is it, though. This is the this is the march towards being decrepit, to washed skeletons. Yeah, that's funny. I was also born in. <laughs> 20, I was born in 2012. So, <laughs> oh my god, I'm young. Yeah, we have nine year old impresario. <laughs> you really come yeah. a long way, baby it. producer. You really what? come a long way. I, do you guys remember? That was my first character. Yeah, baby yeah. producer. How old would baby producer be now? Probably Four? like this age. Five yeah. or six, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, baby producer is an age. Everyone knows that. Oh, okay. That's true. It's like yeah. a Simpsons kid. It's like Maggie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just uh, always a baby. <laughs> uh, all right, Anna, we're going to get to know you a little bit better okay. in a moment. <laughs> Sorry, was that not enough? I'm <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, you know Oh, you're going like, to know me better? This is my first day on the job. Uh, we being uh, me and any the audience, anyone who's listening to uh, Daily Zeitgeist for the first time, let's say. Uh, but first, a couple of things we're oh, talking no. about. Uh, we're talking about Johnson & Johnson coming in with the one-hitter quitter, possibly, uh, hopefully. Uh, we'll talk about Georgia using racism again, again. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the, the CPAC lineup, baby. Uh, oh, we're some, missing out. Yeah, we really are. I mean, we're missing out on being having horrible things screamed at us for wanting yes. to for equitable treatment for people. Next level. Uh, 
talk about uh, the media story that Trump is definitely going to face some legal consequences now that he's out of office uh, or probably uh, and how true that is. Uh, We will talk about uh, whether COVID is going to change our architecture. Uh, What world are we waking up into? Yeah. Uh, and we might even talk about uh, just a all around Hall of Fame dumb uh, bill being proposed by an Illinois Democrat. All of that. Plenty more. But first, Anna, um, you might have heard before, but we like to ask our guest, what is something <laughs> from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Um, yeah, <laughs> I knew this was coming up. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, how do you find search history? <laughs> oh, okay. So I like to get like deep into like the cut and like the New Yorker and read really like weird articles. So I was reading about this, this YouTuber couple, the, the Stofers. I don't know. Maybe they were related to the, the frozen <laughs> dinner empire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's Go spelled on. the same. Yeah, but they're these like YouTuber parents who are like adopter YouTube influencers. Oh, adopting those influencers? ones who gave their kid back. Yeah, or, ra- I mean, or they just rehoused the yeah. child. Um, yeah, I was just reading an, an article in the cut about them, which was interesting about how they like you know just the Got the child's rap. needs were not. Um, they just couldn't. They didn't have the ability to take care of the child so they uh, or the desire him. it seemed it's a i don't i honestly don't know what the article like implies like they just really couldn't handle it but the fact that they went they have such a like you know uh you, they have a youtube channel they they right. show everyone it, everything that it just made them look like assholes more than right. anything like the fact that they just adopted the child for like viewers and then like got rid of them when they were done with right their disposable children yeah. for it's, it's CPM like the nightmare, increase. like satire version of, uh, you know, being an influencer, turning your real life into like a social media, into content. That's too much. And, yeah. And then it turns out that like what the people are demanding, your, your social media manager and uh, agent are like the people are demanding another kid, guys. You got to it's the the engagement is falling off. Um, I feel like all family YouTube channels end up falling apart epically or just becoming wildly problematic or something. Just like, just that's don't, don't like exploit your family and putting the camera on it. Cause I even like the more insidious one was like that, though, that family that kept pranking their kids. (laughs) And it was just, you're like, yo, this is just emotional abuse, y'all. And you're like, oh my God, the kid thought he got an Xbox. And then I smashed the box in front of him with a bat because I said he was bad. A lol, lol, lol prank. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah no? I know that one's hidden for Anna. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't seen that one. I always see the one where like they throw like to the dad's always trying to freak the mom out, so he throws a stuffed animal or whatever, like a human stuffed animal thing. You know, a, a, a yeah. doll that oh, looks like a human. That the kid is yeah, trying to exploit on her clothes. human instincts. Well, they throw the kid dress or like a doll dress in the kid's clothes, like over the the balcony of the house or whatever over the like banister the mom's like that is a good one <laughs> the that dad's like funny. just kidding just kidding like, i'm not as a homos- homo- homicidal maniac or yeah, whatever like, right? what? like what or they'll this? be like we're just having fun oh no 
Just and kidding. I like, only abuse our son emotionally, not physically. Yeah, right. But then like, and then the mom's like freaking out. And the, the dad has to be like, babe, I'm babe. babe. I'm joking. It's babe. It's babe. a doll. But she's like, you know, already too. It's too far gone yeah. because you've already experienced the trauma of that thinking was- your child. That was the other thing that first wave on YouTube was like couples that prank each other, like with the wild pranks. And that was always the refrain. It would be like, oh, my my shorty thinks the apartment is on fire prank. And they come in. It's like, (laughs) oh, my God, babe. What are you like? "Ah, What are you doing? It's like, okay, I'm joking. Babe, 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 babe. It's a prank. It's a prank. I didn't didn't burn your precious heirlooms. That's so terrible. It really is not chill. Yeah. Every episode is a new relationship because he just gets broken up with (laughs) every time. He just can't hold on to a girlfriend because he's just like, I don't know what it is. This one thought I shot her, so she left pretty quickly. (laughs) I was like, chill out, man. Blanks. New gaslighting prank. I'm going to fill the apartment (laughs) with gas. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, What is something you think is underrated, Anna? Thank you for asking. Uh, I have been watching Bachelor in Paradise Australia. As you guys know, yeah. I love to watch every Bachelor on every continent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing well. But other than that, like, I, oh my God, you guys, first of all, have how many tattooed, long haired men can you fit on an island in Fiji? Thousands. Thousands. Yeah, I believe it. Oh my gosh, every part of their body is tattooed except for their beautiful, beautiful faces. Mm. And you know what? I love it. Bachelor in Paradise Australia is such, first they film it in Fiji, so much more beautiful than the, I don't know why, but like maybe it's because I've seen the Bachelor in Paradise America one enough times that like Sayulita, the resort they go to in Mexico, isn't like that alluring to me anymore. But like mm. the Fiji location, oh, oh my gosh, it's there. gorgeous. Yeah, the tattoo. I mean, you were sending our our group thread your screenshots of the tatted folks, tatted gentlemen of the Australian Bachelor, and it's Mm -hmm. like everyone has a chest piece. It's Mm -hmm. like that was the one thing. I'm like, okay, so to be in Australia right now, you got to have the wild chest piece. Australian Zai Gang, let me know if I had to do what's the Aussie Aussie Bro starter pack because what I'm seeing (laughs) here is long hair. With yep. a dodgy mustache, uh-huh. full chest piece, mm-hmm. and like maybe even thigh piece too. All yeah. over body. One yeah. guy has full body, neck, everything. Um, even the except nipples. his abs. Are are his? Is he the one who like whose abs are a different color? It's like, like it's he's all doing... like a frame for his abs, right? Or it's like only the things football shoulder pads would cover. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. is what the tattoo is. Like I, I looked at that, shoulders. I was like, "What is happening here?" That guy it's... also showed up naked to the island with just some grapes over his crotch. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, that's how he he's, had a uh, that's horrible his... condition. Walk into the <laughs> island where he's like introducing himself to everyone. He's like, oh. "Ladies," and it's such a cocky photo. This yeah. dude is tatted head to toe, and he's smiling. He's like, "And I'm hiding my penis with grapes." Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, mate, that's so him. He's totally like that. That's him, man. That's Karen. Karen's like that, mate. (laughs) He's hilarious, Oh, Karen, love that And you're like, who? What the fuck? (laughs) Also, I think Karen's technically British, but... Technically. He's uh, he's a transplant. He's in in Australia now. I don't know. So the show is so fun. Yeah. There's a girl named Abby who doesn't like when she doesn't get what she wants. Uh oh. <laughs> she's, she's actually really scary. I, I couldn't ever imagine being her friend. I saw her in a previous series of um The Bachelor Australia and she got to number two and then got dumped and she was like, What? What's the <laughs> vibe of Aussie Bachelor? Because you said 
NZ Kiwi New Zealand Bachelor is wholesome. Like it's an open space for sensitive people to be honest and open in like a, mm-hmm. in a very safe space, constructive way to talk. And yeah. I remember all you would text me like, I can't believe how these men are talking to each other and like how open this is. And it's so different. What's the vibe of Aussie Bachelor versus, you know, what, what I know of the U.S. Bachelor and what you've described of Kiwi Bachelor? Well, I think it's funny, like New Zealand Bachelorette, like how progressive and cool and like together it was and like compared to like what New Zealand is like, which is like progressive and cool and together. Yeah, shocking. Uh- <laughs> and our shit show of The Bachelor now. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, Australia, it's like very, it's very like um, extreme sports driven. Like everyone's like, oh, yeah, girl, you got to jump off a plane if you love me, you know? Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Like everyone's just like, oh, and today we're going to go jump off cliffs. There's no, we don't even know what's on the bottom. Do you love me? You know, like it's like that level where you're like, oh, no. Right, right. You don't have to risk your life to prove you love this dude. Right. Um, Speak for yourself. Yeah. Uh, That's how my wife demonstrates her love. She's like, Jack, unless you jump out of this plane, even though you're absolutely terrified of heights and you're passing out, that's actually one season of The Bachelor Australia. One of the girls was so scared of heights and they did like a group, like all the women and The Bachelor jumped out of the plane. She was like that person who's like, oh my God, oh my God. Like passing oh, out, out out of Ooh. fear, coming back like what's going on? Oh my god! Oh my god! And like passing oh, no. out again, like that. And everyone's like, "Girl, you got this, off, girl. girl! You <laughs> got this, shit, girl!" <laughs> and then one girl's like, "Wow, good for her. She's freaking out so much. She's getting all the bachelors' attention." It's like I think she's actually experiencing like real like trauma that Terror. might fuck her up for the rest of her yeah, life. But yeah, it. no, sure, I'm sure this is worth it for her to get like two minutes of the bachelor being like, "Don't you love me?" Jump. Right. Anyway. Isn't it like a vasal vagal response? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Just like, out. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was truly not doing well. Um, she went home soon after that. I don't know. I think she was like almost relieved to go home. Like, she's like, I can't right. sit anymore. Like, please Plus, don't give me a rose. Me as well to hear that on her behalf. <laughs> They're like subjecting but, her to regular passing out. Yeah. But there are like the one woman, Abby, who is, does, is not used to not getting what she wants. Her ability to like turn like her her ability to use her sexuality to get what she needs is the most it's truly like we have to study her it's unbelievable what she can do like she'll be like yeah it's like no one wants to give me a rose (laughs) every guy's like i'll give you my rose (laughs) and then she's like all of a sudden has a guy and she's like naked and like i know you want like it's just oh my god who has the like Right. What? Who are you? You She's know, like Jessica Rabbit, the real yes. human yes. being. Yeah. Right. Yes, that's Who's a perfect led the 40 example. Laws of power. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Jessica Rabbit She's read like, the Forty Eight Laws of Power. She's unbelievable. Even I'm like, whoa, she's hot. Then I'm like, no, she's evil. She's yeah, manipulative. Right. What am I doing? Why am right. I falling like, for her? Also, there's, there's blood coming out of my tear duct. <laughs> no, she really is like unbelievable, and her abilities. I am like, I don't. I could never, like, I truly don't even know. Like, if I, like, tried to, like, walk seductively, I would, like, die, maybe. Well, we need science to bottle that up. Yeah, (laughs) sell it to us. Bottle it up and then resell it to us at an unbelievable margin. For the uh, non-bachelor, bachelorette, like, connoisseurs. No such thing. uh, (laughs) A non-connoisseur? Such such as myself. What... Uh, is there a way to give like a quick update on where we netted out in the the American Bachelor this season? It's Are we oh, still s- still Chris Harris media res failure? Okay, we just finished uh, hometowns. Um, ugh. 
We got a preview of next week's Women Tell All. Uh, The Bachelor has recently put out a statement um, expressing his disdain for everything that's gone on with the girl Rachel's like uh, racist posts and attending the old South antebellum party and Chris Harrison's really terrible extra interview where he just basically goes like, come on. Right, right. Oh, so yeah. slavery's racist now? Right. Yeah. Like I said, so that, but was it racist in 2018? No, uh, come on. But Again, I will after say, Charlottesville? Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's still... actually when we started to learn about racism is when Charlottesville happened. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm going to give you the most the most runway for that kind of response, right. I'll be like, it would. I would have to hope that Charlottesville would be the moment, even if you're the most head-in-the-ground person, they'd be like, racism, huh? yeah so he put out a statement being like fuck this that's i'm sorry i'm really paraphrasing but yes uh it's more go look it up it's on his instagram uh matt james whatever at matt james but he um they they showed a preview for next week which is the women tell all and this fool shows up with a full-on beard now i don't know about you but when a man shows up with a full-on beard that does not say happily engaged to me, okay? I don't know about... I don't know. Oh, but a full Matt beard did? set... Oh, yeah. He's got one of those, like, I've been in the forest for days, oh. years. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, when Sabrina like dumped on look? him and broke up with him, I was like, yeah, go off, honey. When Let who broke know. up with him? Sabrina. Who's Sabrina? Sabrina. The Canadian. The, oh, Serena, queen. Oh, Serena, whatever. <sighs> look, I ain't watching like that. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, but nonetheless, I did a like, beard is like, not a good I, line. I, no, no, it's never a good look. He looks sad. I don't know what a guy. I feel like a full-grown beard is when a guy needs to go and like find himself. You know, right, like yeah. he's not doing well. That's a single man who's like, I thought I loved her. Turns out I'm black and she's racist, huh? Right. Yeah. That did not really so, turn out how I hoped, and I actually was do. really into her. Is that and your so suspicion I, that he ends up going with the racist lady? I. That's what I'm thinking. Because like, like it. why would? Ca- Ca- Captain Lee, damn it! Sorry, too Chris much reality TV. Chris <laughs> Harrison, so sorry. Get off the boat. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why would Chris Harrison come out and defend this contestant so hard unless she won, and then they have to protect the brand in any some right, way? Right, right. Because it doesn't right. seem necessary to just protect a random contestant if I they mean, had all this like weird I'm, past. But we've seen racists defend racists before. So it could just, it may have sure. triggered something in him who's like, God, if mm. they see my 2019 uh, old whistling Dixie party, they're right. not going <laughs> to like the photos from that. But we right. had the same incident where one of the guys who won the bachelor se- Bachelorette season of the Bachelorette was Becca. The guy who won also halfway through the season was revealed that he liked a bunch of like you know, oh, yeah, really weird. insensitive posts yeah. about like, you know, children, you know, being in cage, like just like really fucked up shit, like things that you're like, dude, what you have to follow these accounts to yeah. like this, these sorts of really dark memes. And that came out halfway through the season and the bachelorette put out a statement like, guys, you just need to get to know everyone. Don't mm-hmm. jump to conclusions. And then mm-hmm. he won. And you're like, mm, I wonder mm-hmm. why she defended him because mm-hmm. she picked him. They recently broke up because he came out as a thin blue line real hard. and uh, Came so... out? It sounds like he was already pretty open, <laughs> sure, open about sure, that. No, no. What? It turned out he was himself a thin, a thin blue line. I mean, he <laughs> was wow. a walking thin blue line. But he, I mean, genuinely, like, it just like he came out, you know, he did the whole apology tour of like, I'm a changed man. Right. And then you're like, no, you ain't. Yeah, but right. um, yeah. So to me, it's like when someone comes out and is like, no, 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 just you have to get the I'm like, oh, uh-huh. 
that's yeah. not good. That's a bad sign. That means sh- that person won. And now you guys have a racist and or prejudiced human being who's ignorant as right. your brand's winner, which is not a good look. But uh, yeah, especially it's the first. Yeah. The first Black Bachelor, which is like right. we've been demanding you bring like true inclusion to this show yeah. and you fucked up your only it's, job. It's almost but, like a, a cruel, like psychological experiment. At that but point. the Bachelor as a franchise is like a good analogy for like liberal America, right. because it's sort of like this is not us. But right. you're like, no, this is yeah. the whole show, and right. has been like you know, like we've we've seen it for two decades be sort of uh, backwards. But mm. it is what it is. Anna, do you have something uh, that you think is overrated? Okay, I got one. Constantly having a runny nose. What the fuck is going on with my body? Since 94. Excuse me, I wasn't (laughs) alive then. I wasn't alive then. I was only born three years ago. Right, we know that. When I was born a few years back, because I'm only 12, I think. Yeah. I've had, actually, legitimately, I was born in 1990, and my nose has not stopped running since. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being honest, first of all. My nose will uh, not stop running. It runs 24-7. It runs when it's cold. It runs when it's hot. It runs when I eat spicy food. It runs yeah. when I eat cold food. It runs when I eat, like, at all times, my nose is running. Do you remember a few years back, I sent you that article that was like, this girl just thought she had a runny nose. Turns out it was her brain fluids leaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that My you? doctor said it's not that. Okay, good. I did. <laughs> I straight up took that article oh, on my phone. Like, like, cut it out, ripped it out. It. You're like, this, 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 look at this doc. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, because you haven't experienced an extreme brain trauma. <laughs> and I was like, how do you know at this right. point? You don't know. Talk to my coworkers. Because <laughs> I did actually, as a child, around two years old, I did break my head. It's a true story. Damn. What do you mean you Me and my brother were playing Roadrunner and Coyote, and he shut a door on my head, and my head hit the metal like clasp part of the door, and I had to get stitches. As you can see, like that's where I always have this mark on my head. That's oh, where I, I had that to was have the stitches. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I had to have stitches go all the way up my head. So I'm like, okay, well, at two years old. My doctor literally hates me. I'm like, at two years old, <laughs> I, I had, had this incident, right? Okay, I hit my head real hard. So would that explain why my nose has been running since? He's like, no. <laughs> right no <laughs> and i was like well but this I paid, internet article i know and i was like well i paid about played about five years of rugby two years in division one college would that explain it and he's like i don't know do you have any medical tests from that point i'm like who knows Let's i don't know you have a out. highlight tape i can check out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i did get a few concussions during that time because i was i was Damn. fucking rowdy I had a bit of a rowdy, reckless era when I was playing rugby because, you know, when you're like always you've been so like buttoned up because your parents are like aggressive, intense, like sheltering immigrants. And and next thing you know, you're on on a field and you're like, (laughs) yeah, boy, that was hockey for me. Yeah. So I was like MVP for a little while because I was just going so wild (laughs) on the, you know, truly. Yeah. It really was like a time where all of a sudden I was like, I'm free, baby. Right. And this is what I'll do. Yeah, and I was like tackling like a mad woman and uh, dislocated the majority of my fingers during those years. Damn. But um, yeah, so like I was like, well, what about that? Maybe that's why. And he's like, I have no like, I wasn't your doctor then. I can't really like tell you. So um, I'm, I think it's my brain fluids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Guy sounds why. like he's not paying enough attention to the links that you send him <laughs> um, constantly. Yeah. Are you checking your IG DMs? <laughs> I'm in requests. Oh my God, doctor, please put me in a primary or at least general so you can see what I'm sending you. These IGTV links are really informative. Well, I'll just tell you now, last time I tried to make an appointment during the pandemic, he said it's really not necessary for you to come in. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that is so that is across the it's board. It's true. Saying, yeah. Why is my nose running? Right. right. It's like, but here's the thing, Anna. When you come in, you then just show me YouTube videos for about 30 minutes. <laughs> and it, I, I right now, my attention is really, it's precious. So I, I have to be able to give it to people who need medical attention. I know. I knew it was a long shot, but I still like don't truly understand why All my right, nose fine. runs so much. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> the editors on my show, shout out Billy Klein. This poor guy literally, I one time read his instructions for editing that he was handing off the editing to someone else. And it literally says, I just remove all the like sniffles and like clear like <laughs> wiping of the nose. And I'm like, what? Right. don't be telling people. Like, the right. parts where they're, the nose is audibly dripping into yeah. the microphone. I was like, uh, oh, that's a problem for my editors <laughs> at this point. Like that's when you know. <laughs> You got a problem if they're like, yeah, I actually had to spend about uh, two hours more on each episode removing all her sniffing. So I don't know. It's overrated. I don't care for it. I always have to have tissues on me at all times. Yeah. Sinuses are a mystery. Um, And it's it's extra high high stakes now because uh, stuffy nose is like one of the symptoms of COVID. But it's not stuffy. It's never right. stuffy. It's just always dripping. It's always loosey. It's drippy. always got a drip. So it's runny, got that drip. Runny it's too, drip. apparently. Um, so maybe your your nose is just stunting, you know, with all that drip. <laughs> yeah. I think at this point, that's, that's the diagnosis. That's my yeah. doctor's like, honestly, I think we're going to have to diagnose your nose as stunting. As stunting. <laughs> all right, I like that, doc. And you take that, and he's like, thank God she left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. He asks said, his 13-year-old what, <laughs> what to diagnose you with to get you to leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that shit is stunting, Dad. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, uh, and we will be right back. And we're back. And Johnson and Johnson might have gone and redeemed themselves for all that... Uh, <laughs> Putting that arsenic in our baby powder for decades oh, upon right. decades. Totally redeem yourself. <laughs> you go and totally redeem yourself, Johnson Johnson. Yeah, they have developed a vaccine that isn't like in the 90s in terms of effectiveness, uh, like some of the other two hitters. Uh, but this one is a one hitter. You don't have to set up the follow-up appointment. You get it done in one one appointment and the FDA, apparently the numbers are decent. It's a 72% overall efficacy rate in the U S 64% in South Africa. Um, because there's a different like variant over there, but, um, and it's even more effective at preventing like severe versions, like hospitalizations. So that, that efficacy rate is 86%. So meaning like if you did contract, you have a, you're, you know, you're much at much lower risk for hospital being hospitalized, which is, you know, dope. And now there's potentially three vaccine options uh, for Americans. But there's like still a couple hoops that has to go through on Friday. The vaccine advisory panel at the FDA will make their determination. And that means they could get shit cranking by Saturday. Um, I'm just hoping, you know, like we can still as a country collectively keep our shit together because, mm. you know, uh, there's the news that the rates are going down. There's news mm. that there might be another vaccine. There's, you know, if you're in the UK, June 21st has been a date I've seen blowing up on my like uh, social media. Cause like that's a date that the government is targeting something for reopening the economy. Mm. Um, so there's, oh, you know, wow. 
there's signs out there. I and mean, it's not like, you know, it's they're trying to, or at least they unveiled a plan mapping how they could get there. But, you know, like we're starting to really see these like things that we can feel a little optimistic about. But with that, I'm sure is going to come fucking looser behavior. Right. We did uh, talk about a study that said that the kind of spikes and rises in the COVID spread were like could almost directly be related to temperature rise. So that would also be a reason to look forward to the summer. But at the same time, America managed to fuck up last summer hard enough that uh, there was like a, a spike around July 4th. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that was another, it was like also that time too, where it's concentrated in certain parts of the country. So it wasn't a really realistic thing for others. You know right. what I mean? Like it wasn't as urgent or as pressing yeah. a matter it was. So yeah. Anyway. But we also um, like have to party. Right. Oh, absolutely. That's, true. that's our right. We have to party. That's no our what. first amendment right. <laughs> People <laughs> don't realize. The first amendment says. The first amendment is you have that right to fucking party, doggy. Yeah, yeah. Signed John the Alexander. One of the Johns. <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about Georgia. Uh they are Using their own bullshit news story to uh, enact more bullshit voter suppression. It's kind of a, a perfect little circle they've got there. Yeah. They want to use, again, we talked about racism to protect racists last time because they wanted to keep uh, the Fulton County DA from p- impaneling a jury there uh, where you know, a better chance of black people being on the jury to hear a case about election interference from the Trump campaign. Uh, But that didn't end up working out. But this goes along with everything we've been talking about since time immemorial. Republicans are always going to try and figure out how to absolutely fuck around with the election because they don't have a winning platform. They only have racism at this point. So the Mm -hmm. only way that brand, because most people on a blind taste test, racism tastes like shit. So it's not even... By most people's standards, not that great. So they have to resort to all this fucking voter suppression shit. And they are going full clown mode in Georgia. It's not even a fucking game right now. Uh, With absentee voting, they are putting all kinds of restrictions on absentee voting. Again, because that was like the fucking, the drama of the election. It's like, wait till that absentee vote comes in. And that's when you're going to see that blue shift. And that's when they're like, so we got to knock the blue shift shit off. And this is what they're saying. Under this proposal... Only voters who are re- only voters who are required to be absent during in in person voting periods, which means they work in elections, are disabled, are required to quote remain on duty at work, um, or observe a religious holiday that conflicts with the election, or older than sixty five would be allowed to vote by mail. Okay, so if you if you pass those, then right. you'll get your ballot. You fill it out. You must get it signed by a witness, mm-hmm. and include a photocopy of an acceptable form of photo ID. Wow, that's a lot of hoops. Hoops upon hoops. Yeah. But here's another thing, though, too, right? There's only two states that require ID uh, with absentee ballots. And Mm. I'll let you guess what part of the country they're in. They Mm. rhyme with Clanabama and Arkansas. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So there's this is a very, very specific targeting of voters who are either voters of color Mm. or if you're poor or you live in an urban area or sometimes all three. And the House bill or the Senate version of the bill is also fucking is just as restrictive. Specifically, they're trying to ban Sunday early voting. And in a state 
in the South, you cannot be targeting black people more directly when with this ban of Sunday early voting. That's souls to the polls Sunday. You know what I mean? That's when a lot of yeah. churches get all their congregants together and they say, we are going to go vote. That way we can ensure our community, we're on the same page, no one isn't voting, we can exercise our fucking constitutional right to vote. And they want to take that from them. So, you know, they have both uh, chambers of the legislature. So this, you know, shit can get moving. And don't don't get it fucked up. This is happening in many states because this the minority rule, this is all they have. And this is what they have to do. And the explanation, their their excuse for this is because there's just been a lot of questions around voter security uh, lately. Mm. And yeah, uh, voter for fraud. Them. Yeah, from them, started by them just shouting voter fraud. Yeah. Uh, and then that that's what they're using to be like, hey, we're just starting the conversation here. And, uh, you know, we want to help everybody feel safe about the election, which we've been lying about to make them feel not safe. Right. Um, it's uh, good for them. Uh, but it's I mean, this is what happens. It, it shows you. All of this backlash from people getting in touch with their ability to vote, the work of activists in Georgia to turn voters out like it, you know, these are these are the mechanisms that white supremacy has to, you know, trigger for it to be this system of, you know, fucking power, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just really awful to watch it all happen again in real time because you know every like obama won and they're like here we go we gotta fucking do everything we can and slowly they started getting they started winning and winning again now they're doing it again and now we as just general citizens have to be so aware now of how our votes can be fucking just cast aside because we're people of or most i feel the people listening to the show are of good conscience and just want what is best for a, a plurality of people rather Which than is- like regressive anti-progress shit well you got also like when people are like well fuck the south they've they they voted or they got who they voted for and it's like i think more people have to be like that's not that's not how it works yeah they they're they're only they're being they're suppressed. Making it very hard yeah yeah right, right. it's very hard to actually vote for who you want in office and who has your you know like who actually cares about you as a human being or citizen or constituent like that's almost you know they're trying to make it as impossible to do, I mean, it, 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 I see it on Twitter. People are constantly fighting and it's like, instead of just make it clear, you know, like just be like, these people are being suppressed. You just got to tell everyone like these people are being suppressed because the more we talk about it, the more, you know, commonplace it is that people understand what's going on in the South, the more it's easier to call these people out. We have to make it easier to be like, what you're doing is wrong because in the South, they're just getting away with literal murder. Like they're killing people. We saw what's going on in Texas. Like they don't care about the human life as long as they are able to push their agenda. So it's like, we just have to continuously point it out. Always just point it out. Be like, no, they're being suppressed because the more we're able to point it out, the more people are going to talk about it or even be like, Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, it's it's the same thing. Like we were talking about with like QAnon or conservatives, people on the left have the same sort of thought, uh, what do they call it? thought killing cliches or critically critical thinking cliches that you'll just say that out loud to end the debate even internally to say, well, it's the South and that's what happens when you get it there. Rather than saying right. there are people who live everywhere yeah, and everyone deserves the same level of treatment. And the label shit is just gone so far. We're like truly the us versus them thing. It's just like it's at its height right now. 
when most yeah. people, what's funny too, because everything I hear from my friends who live in Texas is that people were so humane to each other. People were so good to each other yeah. uh, during the storm to try and help each other. But, you know, like when we start, when we enter the sphere of talking politics, the labels come in and out immediately. It's like, what are we fucking talking about? Like when we should just be saying people, people, people. People need I know this. it comes People down to mutual this. aid. It's our voice. It's our organizing that's going to save. Yeah, I mean that's fuck. That's also the solution now. I yeah, because we can't really count on the state anymore. I mean, if you need any proof of, you know, what Stacey Abrams was saying after the election, a lot of organizers in Georgia were saying that, like, no, Georgia's been blue. It's just been a suppressed uh, mm-hmm. population, like that that this is the proof because they're trying to undo the the progress that that she made and that can be made like that that's almost a you could take it as a if you're going to kind of continue that battle and continue bringing it to the to the uh, republicans then like it's almost a hopeful thing that they uh saw how powerful what she did was but yeah it's it's not great when they have both legislative bodies obviously nah yeah uh all right real quick uh while we're on the subject of uh white supremacist fuckery uh cpac is uh coming on friday glanchella baby here we go the this thing (gasps) this event is really something because now that trump's not even in office like it has a weird feeling because they're not dunking on anyone anymore. It's like themselves. The theme is literally America uncanceled. Huh? <laughs> okay. Um, and let me just go down some of the speaking events that you can partake in when you're there. There's Tom Senator Tom send in the army. Cotton is speaking in a panel called keeping America safe. Okay. Devin Nunes is doing one on California socialism. There's another one called The Way Forward, unlocking our churches, our voices, and our social media accounts. <laughs> I'm not joking. These oh, aren't, no. and I just want to tell you, these are not fucking jokes. I'm, I'm these are not fucking, these are all real. Go to the website, you can see them for yourself. This one, especially. This one is called Who's the Boss? Where's my applesauce? Who's really running the Biden administration? <laughs> what? the fuck i mean i, mean, I kind of like that one yeah it's i kind of like that one it's I funny yo who's the boss it. where's my apples you know they like rhyming um yeah. this other one oh wow this piece of transphobic writing is something else my pronouns are first place and winning protecting women's sports oh what? shit yes I get it what is that even what what is that about it's just so stupid it's so it's such a aggressive violent distillation of whatever they think proper pronoun usage is or whatever gender like it's it's all about because all again these are just for people to go in their most intense echo chamber in the country and just reinforce their state of faux victimhood Um, because the last this other one i just want to point out is called so you've been deplatformed what What now (laughs) (laughs) so you've been deplatformed what is like what I do not understand. And what's interesting, too, is when you look at what the like sort of the schedule is, nothing here is talking about how are we going to get people to believe in the party again? Like there's nothing there's no nothing about an evolution as a party or how to move forward. It's all about like, how can we just go pedal to the metal, like with our really toxic platform? And the best thing about all of this is of all the talk of cancellation they ended up having to cancel a speaker 
because oh, what no. they said was warranting of a cancellation. So one of the few black speakers they could find uh, was, a, was a, what they described as philosopher, scholar, musician named Young Pharaoh. Mm. Um, and based off his tweets, he sounds like somebody who would have been at the January 6th insurrection. Uh, mm. This is one of his tweets that would like got him in trouble. Quote, all the censorship and pedophilia on social media is being done by Israeli Jews. All YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are all mm. owned or controlled by them. My Cancel. people and patriots have found our true enemy. Like, hashtag Israel. Wow. Hashtag all, Israel. Like, P.S. can't forget hashtag that, China. Half of those words were hashtags, by the way, which is always the sign of a... a Desperate a, <laughs> uh, account for attention. Yeah. And then... This man goes, really wanted to catch Ben Shapiro in these debate streets. He tweeted Ben Shapiro said, first of all, he said, I'll give 50000 to anyone in the Jewish community who can beat me in a debate, proving Judaism is authentic. Okay. What? And then he said, at Ben Shapiro, heard you're a hashtag Jew. You man enough to take this debate and get destroyed? Um, Easy there, Pharaoh. Um, wait, what? But, He's saying yes. Judaism isn't real. There is a yeah. he has this whole thing about Judaism is like a construct that isn't real that because again this man is on what? next level hotep shit again if you're not familiar oh, with the hotepery no. there's a, a kind of Afrocentricity that is so toxic it almost seems like a parody of itself and it's yeah. so anti progress and regressive that you have people talking this kind of wild anti Semitic shit and all kinds of any kind of phobia uh, will be coming out of these people's mouths so this. Apparently, someone other than CPAC actually looked up who the fuck this guy was or what he talks about. He has a YouTube channel where he says a lot of this shit, too. And then they tweeted, quote, we have just learned that someone we invited to CPAC has expressed reprehensible views that have no home with our conference and or our organization. The individual will not be participating at our conference. Mm -hmm. huh. What about his First Amendment rights, though? Well, oh, I mean, he had a tweet about that. He said this is authoritarianism, this, that and the other. But OK. Uh, wow yeah. it's like it's so weird it how the like how the the conservatives have to kind of like self-police in this weird yeah. way that's so disingenuous because it's like you let there are other right. people on this dais who have said the same shit right but it's only because this guy did it in a very aggressive way his anti-semitism was way too out there for your comfort right. he challenged you know, like, ben shapiro instead of george soros so exactly yeah, so I bet if that if his whole thing was Islamophobia, no big deal. Oh yeah. Oh no, absolutely not. Because yeah. if you look too, the CPAC like it has it has there's Jewish prayer, there's a Catholic mass, there's like a Purim luncheon. They're trying to be very. They're basically saying there are two religions in this country: Judaism mm -hmm. and Christianity. And you know we only kind of cool with Judaism recently uh, mm -hmm. because we we're trying to just open our you know, making this tent as large as possible to fit people in. But yeah, it's, it's just a carnival of brain worms over there. Yeah. And maybe a carnival of literal, uh, worms or, uh, viruses. I'm sure it's not going to be the most, uh, Oh, come on. It's in Florida population. Oh yeah. It's in so Florida. Mask. I think probably because that way Trump didn't have to go too far because don't forget he's the headliner with Kanye and Daft Punk. Uh, on night two so <laughs> but yeah trump he, is there and trump it's causing is be, oh wow. yeah and it's caused like problems too because kevin mccarthy uh house minority leader and then liz cheney who's the like the sort of conference caucus leader of the republicans they're both like they have competing opinions on if trump should participate and it's a mm -hmm. little 
you know, it's like this stupid cold civil war they're still having. Mm. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, uh, truly. But I, who I hope shows up is Borat. Yeah. Hey. That's all. Now, anytime I see like a giant conservative conference in a pandemic, right. um, I, <laughs> I'm always like, well, let's just hope uh, Borat 3 <laughs> shows up. I'm just excited. Let's let's just hope. All right. Let's take uh, one more break and we'll be right back. And we're back. A couple stories I just wanted to touch on real quick that are, you know, in the mainstream media, the liberal blogosphere. One is... This sense that, you know, the the case against Trump is uh, accelerating rapidly. Um, He is going to face criminal uh, indictment for all his financial crimes. So the the podcast on the media uh, was pointing out that this is basically the result of the same thing that led to the Mueller investigation becoming this major news story where it was like, a shocking upset that he wasn't like let out of the White House in handcuffs to a lot of the mainstream media. And it's basically they what they do to get good sound bites on MSNBC and CNN is they oversample prosecutors. So prosecutors are going to be aggressive. They're going to be like, this is how I do it. This is like, you know, very, very aggro, very much like focused on how you can build the case against him. And they undersample defense attorneys who could tell you all the ways they would shoot that argument apart right. pieces. And basically this reporter who wrote a thing in the wall street journal about how it's kind of overstated how, how screwed Trump is, was just saying that like their post-presidency prosecution of Trump is like, we don't know enough to know if there's a case there. And like when in doubt, the odds always favor that there's not going to be an indictment just because it's really hard to build mm-hmm. a case that's going to hold up. Um, and we have uh, uh, a lot of history in the last five years that showed right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what and, are we going to do? I, I bought all... I already... Look, I took a hit on all that Mueller time gear I brought. I bought, yeah. So. Yeah, all my uh, Cyvance bobbleheads are... Uh, this really right. screwed me because... Uh, I thought I was yeah. banking on him becoming a big uh, celeb. That shirt got- that you got, the liar, liar, Vance on fire, <laughs> where it's like Cy Vance is tearing up the courtroom with his prosecution, right. and Trump's like, ah, I can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. got that Mueller uh, head yeah. covering. What is it, like the mask? the mask? Yeah, yeah. the Mueller mask. I was really excited for that. The problem was oh, you spent man. a little too much money on it because it's like nearly photo, like lifelike. <laughs> well, so, it's it's custom made. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I was like, mm-hmm. honestly, you okay, whatever. If you want to spend 6K on a mask, a Mueller mask, that's on you. Well, I needed all the wrinkles. It's important. Yeah, right. That's true. And you did, and you did kind of trick me on that one Zoom call. I did think Robert Mueller was on it. Except the voice I know, was, I was like, like you. I didn't do my <laughs> job or so. what, what, what was I doing? I don't know. <laughs> Robert, how'd you get here? <laughs> <laughs> There's, I don't know, this kind of ties into just an overall, like, one of the major failures in the coronavirus and Trump administration crises was the failure of the mass media to communicate basic truths to the masses and, like, not necessarily 
through their fault. It's just like, you know, they had a president who was uh, telling everybody that the media was constantly lying to them. But I also do worry about like, you know, there are plenty of ways that the mainstream media uh, is flawed and full of shit and like sensationalist and it leads them down a path of doing untrustworthy shit that is going to make it hard to kind of well, come back from that. I think because the the relationship that we have to the, you know, media or journalist, I mean, really used to be journalism and then right. it became the media because right. journalists, I'm thinking of like muckraking reporters and shit who were really out there speaking truth to power. Like, you know, especially yeah. in the Gilded Age, all that shit. There were people out there being like, this is what it is. This is what we're up against. And in that sense, you knew these were people who were just trying to report on what was happening to let inform people what's happening objectively. Then people started going to their corners in these newsrooms, and it's now like, what version of what's happening can I present to my people that right. they'll fuck with versus, hey, this shit might upset them, but this is the truth, Ruth. Uh, and this is what we have to talk about because there's so many, so many moments like where we've talked about, why can't the media just say this fucking thing? That's real. Right. And maybe people will begin to be like, oh, now I'm starting to understand because it does feel this thing like where you're like, they, it feels like they're full of shit because you don't know. Like, are you trying to protect somebody with how you're telling me this story? Are you telling me everything? You know what I mean? No, (laughs) no, no. You know, and that's why I say I only get my news from weekend update on SNL. I wait till Saturday night. That's where I get my news. I can only ingest news with a setup punchline. And uh, that's (laughs) how I learn. And that's how I know what's going on in this country. And I've never been more informed. Yeah. hmm. Especially when I remember when the drunk uncle's roommate would come on and he would come back with some really interesting ideas of what was happening in the news. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. And you're like, it's on weekend update. Bobby Moynihan told me. It is the worst. I mean, like I every it's gotten to a point where when I'm reading an article, I'm like, is this real? Mm. And it's like, but I'm reading like Washington Post. <laughs> like I right. shouldn't have a reaction like that well, where I'm like, I, don't know I think what it is, is that there is right they're, they're withholding that element of analysis that would help yeah. connect the dots for a reader that this is all due to either systemic racism or capitalism or some combination of the two to be like. And the reason is because of the culture. And like, if there was just that added thing of profits make most people so horny in this country, they don't care what happens to people. Right. Right. You know, like if that could just be a, because that's a truth. That's, Mm -hmm. I have, I don't see anything counter to that. Aside from, yes, there are like seemingly benevolent business owners who are, you know, breaking the mold from, you know, what we think of like a business owner or that class of people. But for the most part, there's there's this absolute lack of critical analysis of the actual country and culture itself. So it's yeah. like this, like the, all the punches are being pulled. Yeah, and then and then and then I gotta get all worked up and talk bullshit all day. <laughs> right. I feel like I shouldn't read an article and then immediately text it to you guys and go, "Is this real?" Because I do that all the time, and <laughs> I think that's the problem. Right. The fact that I can't from reading an article trust what I'm reading because I'm like, I don't know. This analysis feels like. You know, I think all like you have classic. to do. Well, for the for the most part, there really is good reporting. It's just that yeah. it's a matter of like, of unfortunately, we have to educate ourselves further to be able to actually add the real commentary to understand what's happening, rather than like, yeah, something happened in Texas, huh? That's yeah. wild deregulation. I think is what happened. But like, I think that's the- because of that. 
I've it's it started to make me second guess things in a way that I'm not even comfortable with because I'm like I know this is real but why am I second guessing it because it's like you've the mainstream media has kind of created this narrative that they're like not right. really giving you all the information because they have their own agenda and you're like I don't know you know and I'm not look I am not a conspiracy theorist but sometimes I just feel so alone mm. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on anymore sometimes I feel like 9-11 was an inside job no I just like sometimes <sighs> I'm like why am I on Twitter getting my news like why right, am I right. Which is wild too. and hearing about like the real situation or just like a real analysis I'm like getting it from some like you know person on Twitter who I just find smart and interesting and who's like you know able to you know create that dialogue versus just like reading an article and being like well, oh yes of course this is the situation again, because most of it is corporate media, which they're yeah. not going to allow someone on their, you know, their precious cable news channel to say those words out loud and begin right. to it's rock tough. the boat. So then there's then you have to go to independent media and like smaller things where people have the freedom to actually have these critical conversations rather than like this thing where you're like just handling our, you know, collective reality with kid gloves and not actually telling people what's what the what's going on. Because yeah. and because of that vagueness, it allows for all these bullshit thought killing cliches to come up and people aren't going to think critically because the media isn't showing us any critical thinking either. Right. Yeah, I do. I find certain keywords and I'll search the keywords on Twitter to see what people are saying about it. So I can right. be like, OK, well, that's a conservative take or like, oh, OK, well, this is interesting. I can follow this thread a little better. But then it's like, that's what I have to do now. Like, that's where I'm at, where I'm like, I right. don't know. Sure. I just don't know. So I'm All like looking say, for though, other people who I trust yeah. to tell me more. There, like that's why there are, and there are great journalists out there, and you know, mm -hmm. and there are people who are committed to that. But it's tough when you start getting in orbit of the mainstream platforms because as much good as a lot of the people do, like there's still this like disconnect. And to your point, I didn't really get connected with like the humanity of what was happening in Texas till you sent me that TikTok uh, supercut. I, and Anna. that's the problem. It's like that happened to me too, where I was like, oh. Right. It's like you're not. People's roofs are falling in. People are in tears in a yeah. panic because their houses are imploding and they have yeah. sick children and it's a pandemic, but it's sanitized on CNN. Maybe they show you one clip of someone like sort of having a sense of humor about their like water coming from their ceiling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rather than really communicating the just how dire it is and to hear other humans in pain and in need i think would move a lot pe would move people a lot uh more effectively than just being like can you believe they're blaming windmills it's like no also show what people are what their experience is because yeah. that's part of your responsibility and that's right. the thing i searched tiktok texas i right. went on tiktok and searched texas because i was like let me see what people are posting and then right. i was like oh my god it's, it's like why am i getting my news on tiktok right this is where we're at. I'm out here on TikTok. Like, have you seen this TikTok? It's really important. Right. <laughs> who never? Who knew I would be talking like that? I mean, look, 20, stranger things have happened. <laughs> and then real quick, I did want to talk about uh, something we mentioned yesterday, the Biden opening a uh, facility on the border that is like a juvenile facility that we compared to the Trump administration caging kids. And the Washington Post kind of came out with a solid sort of fact check on that and that piece by us gets three pinocchios what? but it, it's actually probably like it's not fair to compare it to what as a one-to-one -one. yeah yeah as a one-to-one -one because so the th the difference uh between trump's policy and 
the Obama policy and the now Biden policy is they were separating children from their parents. That's and this particular facility is for children coming across as unaccompanied minors to keep them while they're looking for, you know, a sponsor or foster family to sign off on them. I think the reason, though, like it's so easy to get upset is because his immigration policy is just absolute garbage. Right. So like already, especially like for anyone who cares about immigration, you're just incensed constantly with like how what's happening. So, yeah, that is unfair to do a one to one comparison. But overall, too, like I think the point remains even what one of the things I was upset about was this whole thing of like being thwarted by one judge. Yes. And then throwing your hands up. Right. Then what? Then why did you yeah. campaign on that? Right. You know what I mean? Because that you know, you look, the, the people who are working in the administration, they, they're they smart enough to know where the legal roadblocks are and where right. something could potentially go wrong. To not plan ahead or have contingency plans shows it's just fucking, it's like when you, you know, like you half make a promise to your significant other to go do something special or something. You're like, oh yeah, we'll go out that day. And they're like, oh, the restaurant's closed. It turns out that day. And you're like, so we, we got to cancel the whole plans. You didn't look further? You didn't check right. on that? You didn't check. Nah, because I was just saying that shit to get you off my back, that we would do some shit. And now that it's time, yeah, you're right. I didn't, that actually indicates I wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. And then I think right. that's what's upsetting too, because he really, man, people of color came through and people who, who are, have connections to this very issue of immigration yeah. and people, your own family or whatever, getting, being able to be with you. Like it's all hinging on these policies, but- it's just so lax. And I get it. That's this thing is its own thing. But at the end of the day, the, like where, you know, where is the real like sweeping immigration reforms that like we're always begging for as Americans, but every administration can like sort of never it really fight it. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I. OK, so the, the whole issue uh, originally with Trump is they didn't keep any files on the kids that they separated from their families. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we well, have all that these children. That they were separating them. In the yes. Yes. Well, that's that is the original issue. But right now, the problem is we have no way of connecting these kids yeah, to their yeah, families to get right. them back after you deported their parents, basically, and then left the children in a cage um, for the money so, the U.S. has. I feel like you can yeah. find a way to get. No. These- so I have a plan because okay. sometimes when I get high is when I really do my thinking. And I'm not, and this is not like a stone reform. thinking, <laughs> but it is because it's like sometimes when I Outside get high, I actually have a moment to myself where I'm like, you know, this. So this is what I'm thinking. You know we what? Need... I am getting this Mueller mask. Yes. Uh, and it, and, it's as, and the point is, as stupid as it is, that I was able to come up with this entire comprehensive plan while I was stoned okay. sitting on my couch. Go we off. need a team that we create just for this. Money has to go into this team. If it needs to be a bill, whatever. Put this, like, literally, uh, um, what is a, uh, a team that, uh, what is the word for that? Task uh, force. A task force. Thank you. That, okay, you have to talk to every single child. You find out where they're from. We need to create reports on where each one of these children are from. Do you know your mother's name? Do you know your father's name? Figure it all out. Create actual paperwork. Create the paperwork. So we find out where all these kids are from. Then we need task forces to go into these countries and create literal, like, 
If it has billboards. to be billboards, yes, billboards. Is your child was you were you separated from your child? Contact us. You okay? What's your child's name? Bring paperwork to prove that this is your child, so we can release them, and we're not just releasing a child to a random family. There is ways to do this. We can get these children back to their families. I mean, they are. There's definitely a many groups trying to for sure, but it's just it's just. But so we need a moving. government program behind yeah, it. Like- I know it's impospible, but like we need the government because you created this mess. Because right, guess so what? Just because you're you a can. different administration does not mean you're technically a different government. You're still well, the they U.S. Leave us government. Any receipts. It right. doesn't, you know, like we need people who have power. We need someone who is a high up in the whatever Biden administration to be in charge. Who who? It's not like well, we have to wait for this person to say yes, and then this person. It's like no, you need someone in charge who can get things done. Look, I came up with us in what twenty minutes, being like this is how it can be done. <laughs> like it's not. It's hard, but if you put the work in, we can return these children back to their families. Yeah. Like, let's just do it because it's impossible. Stop opening more, you know, facilities so you can help with. It's like, yes, you can open a facility or two because you, there are so many kids in cages. But beyond that, that's not the solution. The solution is getting these kids back to their mothers and fathers and it's possible we have the manpower we have the organizing abilities let's do it use the military for fucking that like use people exactly yeah like that and there's we can do this yo if we could topple your fucking government yes we better be able to get some kids back where their fucking parents if we can come in get a sell get a bunch of weapons to give to your gang so they can help take over your government while we're simultaneously (laughs) helping your government fight these gangs because we're playing all 14 sides at all times yeah, that we are now selling that cocaine to fund getting these children back to their families. Like, Whatever, <laughs> it's hey, possible. Hey, Ollie North could figure some shit out. You know right. what I mean? Like, I mean, not, I mean, not to be flippant about it, but yeah, like it's it it you, the, the lack of effort. It's just upsetting, and I know, and I'm, sh- and I know there there is a lot of things happening. Or I hope there is, based on at least from the nonprofit so groups that I see who are like you know fully right. out there with their own uh, like campaigns to try and do this, but. But it's true. Yeah. If there's no paperwork, what's the easiest thing in the world? Create the paperwork. Speak to these children. Don't tell me, oh, I'm sorry, the kids don't speak English. Yeah, no oh. shit, fool. <laughs> get okay, people so... who speak the language they speak. It's not hard. Thousands of fucking Americans can speak. Wait, hold speak on. What'd you say? Get language. them to talk to people who speak. Oh, hold on. Let me write yes. this down. And then mm-hmm. you know what you do? What they say, you write it down. Oh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, guess what? All paperwork right. is being created. And I know yeah. I'm making it sound very flippant, but the fact is we have to actually do this because we can't allow these children to just sit there and then yeah. move them to a different facility. It's like, this hey, well, this facility's nicer. Right. I'm sorry. Well, keyword is you're in a facility and not with yeah. your parents. I'm with my family. Yeah. Mm. And we can do it. If I can produce a daily podcast and book a different person every single day, except for today, because something's kind of fell through the clack, we can get these children back. I do want to say that. I do, before Guys. we start recording, I wanted to say that the fact that this is the first time that uh, a guest has fallen through in, what, 850 episodes of this podcast, uh, a true testament to the GOAT. The goat. Uh, super producer, producer Anna and I came up with this again while I was sitting on my couch after a long day's work stone being like I could do this right yeah. <laughs> like I thought I could do it stoned out of my mind being like oh we could figure this out well, yeah this because is you got hard. a heart and you're it thinking was... about it you know that's what that's what's sort of disheartening is that like there are so many people who want better outcomes that were even like is anything happening because right. I'm I'm already trying to figure out how to do this because it's it's so 
it's just so hard to even think what that experience would be like on either side to be the parent or the child. If you're a parent, you would know firsthand what this feeling would be like. If you don't, I can imagine being a child separated from my parents and being like, what the fuck? When am I going to be restored to this, like to my family unit? Yeah. And And we have, like Jack was saying, enough people in this military where we can send groups of people to each country that the child, you know, wherever the mass group of children is. After retraining the fuck out of them. Yeah. To every city (laughs) in that country to talk to the legislators and be like, hi, we are here to try and return these children. Yeah, but I don't think we need to send, let's not send our military. Well, whatever. Any group (laughs) task force we need to send out. Hey, what's up? We're here to reunite the kids, man. Get the fuck down. No, 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 no. Not like that. Not like that. Biden, Biden. No, 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 no. But like groups to every city, literally one by one. If we have to go one by one, it could take years. But the fact is we are doing it. We are getting out there and getting, doing our best to get these kids back to their families. It doesn't yeah. matter how much work it is. We just have to do it. Agreed. Anyway, so politicians now architecture love, is going to be just, different. Politicians love to be like, Americans can do anything they set their mind to. We'll fucking Except keep it. your lights on or reunite some kids right, or right. give uh, make sure you don't die because of just pure lack of we right. do anything else. Yeah. I mean, the the New Deal was a big, you know, redirection of resources from you know, what people were doing before the Great Depression to what they were doing after and like giving them jobs and creating jobs that, you know, restored pride and, you know, put money in people's pockets. Like there's there's plenty of work to be done, y'all. Also, I know this will not go over well with our government. Maybe give those kids some money because you just put them in a cage. Oh, fuck. Like millions. Yeah. Well, them and their families can be uh, allowed to stay in this country. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, anything. Right. But you if know. you can find their parents, be like, let's fly that dad out. Yeah. Whatever. There we're you just, go. We're just radical people Ugh. because we're advocate because we don't like the idea of children being mistreated. Um right. Which is another thing I want to encourage people to do when people come up to you and say, oh, you're a fucking socialist or whatever. Say, no, no, no. You don't care if people die. It's yeah. not that I'm a socialist. It's that you don't care about the outcomes for other people. Right. That's the yeah. difference. If you aren't that person, tell me something right now about something you would do to help someone that is not someone of your community. And you say, I would, I would not like that to happen to them. You know what I mean? We also have to change the way we talk about this shit, too, because the label shit, it just ends right there. And it shouldn't just be. I'm this or I'm that it's I'm no what I'm not I'm not saying I'm 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 radical what I'm saying is well, I don't like people fucking most perishing of those kids for no they're in facilities in the south okay so they voted okay, right for they what voted. they got those kids That's all right. voted okay they voted, they voted, for, voted for that <laughs> right. what yeah it's like I'm sorry oh the kids God. in the cages Who voted are you I would not be surprised if that was a real talking point that they put out there and you're like wait what I mean, huh? <laughs> the things you see on Twitter just the, yeah. I'm sure it's there Real quick, there was uh, an article in the New Yorker back in June that points out like all the current sort of basically our current modernist aesthetic that you see in Kanye's mansion and in a lot of places, like in what, what's it called? I don't know, rich people houses. Right, but yeah. the what's the uh, West minimalism and shit like that? Oh like, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just that modern it's like minimalism. That modern the minimalism. Style. They're pointing out that that was actually created in the 20th century and partly as a reaction to ongoing like tuberculosis outbreaks and like create interesting is that yeah creating like places that almost looked 
like they were hospitals is like a big influence on how we live today. And the question right. they're posing is like, what what will this pandemic do to the future of architecture and, and interior design? I think it's so interesting because now we're basically going to have to move away from that style. Like open offices are going to go away. Like we're going to all have to have our own little pods, literally or offices. And on top of that, I also think it's very interesting how architects are going to start building homes. Like you're going to want the mm-hmm. bedrooms as far apart from each other as possible because people are going to, you know, possibly working from home and you want to help with sound. You're going to want a bathroom as close to the door as possible so people can wash their hands when they come in. Right. Uh, and you want, you're going to want more balconies because you want people to have more outdoor spaces while not being, you know, in a public space. I just, you know, I'm very intrigued. I, I am a, yeah. I'm an architecture fan. So I mean, this was real interesting. Hearing about what Le Corbusier did, I mean, in his one <laughs> villa know. with that hand washing sink right at the entrance from the 30s. I mean, the forward thinking, the vision of Le Corbusier was really fantastic. <laughs> mm. But I think even to the tuberculosis thing, like I didn't realize, yeah, like we liked light, airy spaces because light helped with the disinfecting or helped fight the germs of tuberculosis. Right. And people didn't like the idea of dark, dank corners of a yep. house where things could accumulate or whatever but it's well yeah and they're saying now that because of the lockdown people just stared at their houses for hours on end and were like i fucking hate it here and i think <laughs> yeah. this is definitely more of a new york type thing because a lot of the examples they gave were of people like in new york or manhattan architects and things like that of what they were hearing people wanting but which is weird though too because in new york like the the vibey apartments you see on tv are like super duper open for floor plan. Yeah. And right. now many people are like, I want rooms. I need yeah. walls. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to be in my kitchen and see someone on their computer. I need yeah. fucking d- properly demarcated spaces. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. Like the coziness, the like having like small cozy spaces that like divide off as opposed to wide open spaces where, uh, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> right. And the outdoor yeah. space thing too, is I think, Really, the most uh, the idea I connected with most because one of the architect firms said they were thinking like thirty percent outdoor space or a mm-hmm. way to interact like thirty percent of the home as a way to interact with the outdoors was a new thing that they were trying to like fold into their philosophy. And yeah, like I find myself just wanting to get sun like a fucking lizard, yeah. you know, these days. And I think we're lucky enough in California where the weather is somewhat consistent that we can like do those things and that there's just a little more space for us. But, you know, uh, yeah, I also like the concept of like the movable wall. Yeah. They it's talk like, about... kind of interesting. It's like, you, you right. know, you have this wall to kind of block out, you know, the living room from the kitchen, but then you can move it out of the way when time or whenever yeah. it's necessary. Like that's also very interesting. Cause it's like, we're going to start to progress even further yeah. because of our situation. And like with dining pods, they've said like in certain parts of Europe, like restaurants have gotten really clever with creating like spaces for individual like like groups of patrons to have a somewhat sequestered environment Um, and how all of this is just going to echo. Like they're even talking about how people are doing like, you know, making their own barriers or out workout classes using scaffolding and things like that. People are now. It's like, as they were saying in the article, it's like democratizing this idea of design or how, what our relationships are to space. And yeah, it's a, a new, a new era, I guess. But at the end of the day, shout out to the, the sun. The thing I'd really love to see is the, uh, NY, 
like New York City had 40 miles and then 90 miles of New York City streets that had been cut off from traffic so people yeah. could just like take it over and restaurants could spread out. And then I think there's been a pushback from drivers because they don't want to use public transportation, understandably, uh, with like COVID safety. Um, so that's like a big tension point. But man, it would be great once the pandemic is over if the thing we took away was that was actually dope when we could just like walk around walk, on our yeah. streets and it's very European. And yeah. now that we can use public transport, I actually miss like public transportation like that. That would be great to be able to just take, take my four year old on a bus ride or on the train. Being a city where NIMBY folks didn't completely skull fuck the ability for LA to have proper public yeah. transport. And the yeah. car industry, whatever. I mean, like, you know, it's. I do think like outdoor sitting spaces will also. Oh yeah, one hundred. Be pretty cool, like actual like giant areas that are strictly for outdoor sitting. And I also, I'm, I, you know, Home now parks, offices are all like reestablishing. Like, I read a bunch of stuff about like how they have like squat, like literally the flooring is going to be built to kind of give people a sense of how much six feet is. Right, right, right. right. Like, that's surreal. Like, you know, your entire office is going to change, so you just kind of know now where to stand in order right, to kind of yeah. be in your own safe space. Like, that's why. Oh, gosh. Oh, mm. gosh, the future, y'all. What's next? What's, What's next? next? Flying cars? Sinks yeah. at every entrance. <laughs> oh, amazing. That would actually be great. One A more recent one was talking about how the there's going to be a huge push to get a, do away with office space. Um, but that like that leads to people working at all hours or expecting you to be on at all yeah. hours. So you just have to, yeah, it's weird. Danger. Not being in our office. I have weird hours too. Me too. Yeah. Like I start working earlier. Yeah. Me too. Just cause like oh, normally really? like the hours that I would be like my getting ready for like physically to leave the house, like I have more time. So then I'm like, Oh, well that, has become more efficient. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll start yeah. working. I actually have a rule. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I don't I now officially start working before 9.30 in the morning. I don't respond yeah. to anything. I don't want to because I'm like, I have to set a boundary well, you where you guys can't connect with me before 9.30 in the morning. I know. That's why I that, just call you. I'm sitting and staring at the wall <laughs> with a cup of coffee. And that's my only piece. Hannah, 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 Hannah. <laughs> I don't respond before 9.30 morning to emails or texts or calls. Yeah, you I have to. Don't. I mean, look, I've had jobs where people thought that I had to respond to an email at fucking 11.30 at night. Yeah. You know, and you're like that. You can't you can't do this. And yeah, that's. But that's like another thing we have just as like this working culture, too, is like we also have to wrestle with the idea that it's like, oh, right. I have to I have to create a sanctity of my own time, mm -hmm. too, to not burn myself. I also turn my computer off at 10 p.m. Mm. So now oh, really? it's like you can't I if you I mean, remember you text me and I was like, my computer's off, honey. <laughs> Good luck. Because it's all oh, right. Yeah, that that's means right. like I will not turn my computer back on until 930 tomorrow morning because this is now officially where I get high and it's think Anna's about saving time. kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's Anna's policy hour. Yeah. <laughs> so I get a little too high, get a little anxious at first, and then I start working on saving children. Then solve a massive world problem. Yeah. <laughs> how high the? How high yeah. too? Anna how high? <laughs> how high on at the UN? Yeah. I'm just like. And so this is what I'm thinking yeah. <laughs> that we could do. We got to get uh, task miss, force. <laughs> this is the Human Rights Council. Do you want to set off blunts in the chamber, exactly. please? Uh, That's what I'm saying, man. You know, I'm be, and look, you're right. I'm a, and I'm, we're going to have to be blunt about this. <laughs> but we're fucking up. 
Anna, it's been a pleasure having you uh, on the Zeitgeist. Uh, no problem. Always people, here. Where can people find you and follow you? Uh, I'm at uh, at Anna Hosnie on Twitter, A-N-N-A-H-O-S-S-N-I-E-H. Um, I have a podcast called Ethnically Ambiguous that I host with Shereen Yunez. That's on this network. Check that out everywhere you can find podcasts. Also, my podcast, Deckheads, with Nick Turner, has just ended. But don't mm. worry. We're not doing the podcast form anymore. But I've decided to pivot pivot it in a classic below deck spinoff fashion hey. where I'm doing a, a Twitch streaming show instead with former Zeitgeist guest Molly Lambert. We're doing Ooh. a spinoff called Deckheads uh, Chief Stews. Mm. So it's going to be me and Molly. We're going to be Chief Stews. We're going to stream every Tuesday night talking about below deck, the episode that aired on Monday night. So starting next week, we're going to start talking about below deck sailing on Twitch. And we're going to be, uh, yeah, that's going to be our new show. Bang, guys, bang. it's the future. Podcasts are over. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. And so <laughs> Twitch, is, <laughs> Twitch is the future, baby. That's how we're doing it. I wish you uh, told us a little tables. sooner. Uh, ooh, yeah. Sorry. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to talk. Oh, I'm all in on podcasts. Um, Shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Last week, I did give you a a bit of a tip to be like, buy in, buy in, buy buy in. in. But I forgot to tell you to sell. Uh, (laughs) Oh, thanks, Elon. But uh, yeah, that's... it's it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have tablescapes. We're gonna have espresso martinis. It's gonna be a real good time. Cool. And uh, sailing looks exciting. So uh, yeah, follow us at Deckheads Pod to keep up with that information. Because uh, we're just gonna pivot the socials to just let you know when we're streaming. And also just you know follow me at Anna Hosnick because I'll be letting you know. There you go. Tweet and I've it, been enjoying. Yeah, I was just gonna ask. See you. how oh I can do this all myself. Flawless you guys. Come on. guest appearance. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, isn't it funny how I just I am the person who ghostwrites everything Jack says. Mm. So, and me too. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. Miles, I'm out of lines. What they do don't I know. Do? I'm an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found the perfect algorithm. <laughs> it's like it kind of, even though when it's ranting, it's sometimes it hits. <laughs> we wrote that in, man. <laughs> appear human like um okay so at the illustrious ryan conk wrote are you there god it's a me a mario <laughs> that was great and then i have this other one that just made me laugh so hard but it's uh from tim at tim Cockbig. i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean already we've got a winner yeah Stupid he wrote handle. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny he wrote me i want to eat your pussy her I'm on my period. Me, I want to eat the pussy. Oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry. I got Tim. I want to eat the pussy. No. <laughs> With the vampire wow. emoji. Stupid. <laughs> the viper. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. PlayStation Network, even Miles of Gray. Hopefully one day Daniel and I might stream some Division Two when when our paths align, uh, and also the other podcast Four Twenty Day Fiance, which you can also catch on Twitch too, because you know, and ain't the only one out here twitching on Twitch, mm-hmm. baby. Uh, so yeah, check that out Tuesdays and Fridays normally, unless one of us has food poisoning or a family member passes away. Uh, we'll try and keep a consistent schedule. And this a tweet that I like a couple. First one is from at Will Purpura. It says, "I want a small wedding." No friends, no family, just the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love that. Uh, this is another one from Yadoye Travis, our friend of the show, at Yadoye underscore. He said, bottom of Batman's cape got to be nasty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
true. That's true. Like the like boot yeah. cut jeans and they're like, yeah, just, oh. <laughs> like you know, oh. Alfred is like, God damn, Batman. I can't clean. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get a new fucking cape. That's There's weird. literally asshole meat on your cape. <laughs> I don't even know how you got that on there. And then finally, this is from uh, Holly Epstein uh, Ohalvo at H E O J. Uh, she tweets. Normalize having a non-linear career path, mm. which is so mm. true, and I can't fucking advocate that for more. The things I thought I would be doing in certain ages, that shit doesn't matter. In fact, that's limiting. Yeah. It's like, it's energy, baby. You just got to find where it goes and move with it, because as long as you're moving towards your goal, your mountain, you're good. It doesn't have to mean you're fucking climbing it aggressively. Just take one step every day towards it. And yeah, you're going to be no, I still have a lot of hope for my law career. Uh, well, before this, I was a ghost hunter. So, like, yeah. you really never know what you're going to Exactly. <laughs> Wait, real quick. Can I just do one from Reductress that truly, yeah. truly took me to another dimension? It's the one that's like, Ted Cruz is proof you can get away with anything if you're ridiculously hot. And then there's just a photo of Ted Cruz. I don't know why, but, like, that shit hits so hard. Because yeah, he's hot. Yeah. He's the hottest guy, guy I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, uh, a tweet I liked uh, at Unreal Shrike tweeted Imagine going through a bad breakup in 1823 and then Beethoven <laughs> drops Moonlight Sonata. Uh, <laughs> Moonlight Sonata. Shit bangs. That shit does bang. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, DailyZeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes! Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song recommendation. Uh, Miles, Anna, whose recommendation? Miles, let's say our recommendation at the exact same time. Oh, all right. Uh, this one, let's do, uh, you know, let's do Danger Doom. Let's I do Danger to hear, Doom. I wanted to hear MF Doom. I wanted to hear yeah, him with Danger Doom. Mouse. If you're an Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan, you remember yeah. that uh, that album aligned very well with that uh, IP universe. But yeah. this is a remix. It's the Sofa King. <laughs> this is the Sofa King one, yeah. So exactly. King. Danger Mouse remix from Danger Sofa Doom. King. Good. I thought you were waiting for me to, I thought oh, you were going to yes, that one, Anna. But oh, good. yeah, Danger Mouse remix. Boom, there it is. By Danger Doom. We said it at the same time. Yep, and you can find that where most things are played. This isn't a SoundCloud exclusive, so get that where you get most of your music. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you list your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.